You're listening to Bumps Along the Way, a weekly podcast hosted by me, Anna Christie, that explores all roads to pregnancy and parenthood. For this week's episode, I had a wonderful conversation with the lovely Francesca Lyon, naturopath and medical herbalist. I learned that naturopathy views the body as a whole. It's a combination of nature and science. And if we think about the symptom of not falling pregnant, what is the root cause of that? I started thinking of naturopathy as being sort of like a fertility detective. It seems investigative, curious, asking questions and digging deeper. Francesca shares her personal experience with stress and burnout, coming off the hormonal birth control pill and why it's so important for our hormones to be in balance. We understand what is naturopathy? How can naturopathy help with trying to conceive and fertility? How important both sperm and egg quality are unexplained infertility, and how we can tip egg quality in our favour. Finally, we have a small chat about why it might be time to toss those scented candles in the bin. Thank you once again for listening, and thank you for all of your messages of support after I shared our personal update last week. Our next steps are happening pretty quickly now, and as always, I promise to keep you informed with what's going on with us. So let's dive into the episode. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, Francesca. Thank you so much for joining me on Bumps Along the Way podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be speaking with you also because, you know, I'm an Australian, you're a fellow Antipodean, (laughs) (laughs) which doesn't always happen in the Northern Hemisphere, but um, thank you for making this time. Yeah, thank you so much. It's something I'm just so passionate about, so so happy to talk about it with you. Oh, great. Well, First of all, maybe nice for us to understand just a little bit about you in general. Sure. Yeah. Where to begin? Um, well, I so I'm a naturopath and medical herbalist, and I I guess like you said, it might be nice to understand a bit of the background. I started off studying psychology, um, went straight out of school, and I thought, oh, I'm all I ever wanted to be was a psychologist. Um, and I studied the four years and then I graduated and you couldn't get straight into clinical psychology. You had to go have some life experience first. So I don't know how I did, but I ended up in advertising um, and <laughs> and it was so not me, uh, so fast paced, so high, you know, high pressure 
um, environment. And I lasted about a year and a half before I hit a major burnout. And I, I had to, to leave, you know, immediately. I just, my mental health was so, so bad. Um, and I, I quit immediately, thanks to the beautiful support of my uh, partner and my family. You know, they were amazing. Um, and I thought, well, maybe it's time to go back into psychology. But I had also been seeing a psychologist at this time. And I felt like there was quite a bit missing from my interaction with her. Like at the time, I was eating so much sugar. I wasn't exercising. Like I just was not taking care of myself. And none of that got brought up at all within the conversation. And then my mum was really into naturopaths and had always sent us to naturopaths. And I went to visit one. And she just, you know, was amazing. And, and I, she addressed my exercise and my diet and the nutrients I was low in and my mental health changed so quickly. Um, and I just thought, wow, there must, you know, there's so much more to mental health than just talking and just, you know, rem- you know, think, talking about our emotions and things. So it really um, was the catalyst for me to go, I think this is actually, I want to view health really holistically. I don't want to just look at it from one point of view. Um, and then I started studying my degree in natural medicine and the rest is kind of history. What a story going from a fast-paced, high-pressure advertising yeah. environment to really being brave and making that switch and prioritizing your health and wellness. I take my hat off to you. I think that's so impressive. Yeah, it's. I think looking back, I didn't realize how much, like it, I feel like it did take courage, but I also was at such a point where there was no other option. You right. know, it was like that my mental health was just so low that I thought, well, this can't be the rest of my life. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, I think I, I had courage, but I think I had like such beautiful support around me as well, which I feel really thankful for. Yeah. Mm. Could you talk me through a little bit about what that time looked like? Mm, yeah, it was it was like. I mean, I cannot, it's everything I tell my clients not to do now. Um, I would sort of get up at about 5.30 in the morning to go to a high-intensity gym class, you know, every morning, always high-intensity. Um, and then I would go straight from the gym and have a coffee. If I was lucky, I'd have some breakfast, you know, if it wasn't straightened to work. Um, and then I think I was having about, I would say, four to five coffees a day, um was eating on the go was you know come 4 p.m I the the packet of crisps and chips would open the white wine would come out it was you know like every day like almost every day (laughs) um and I yeah I just then I'd work really really late um and it was just a cycle of you know really not at all tuned into myself not at all connected into myself and and I and I, I've got to say part of me really enjoyed it because I was so young and it was so uh, such a community to be in almost a trauma like a trauma together it's almost like trauma bonding right you like <laughs> you're in it and this like fast-paced um sort of thing together it's kind of fun um until it's not until it's real trauma yeah. on your body on your emotions totally and I I was crying all the time I just felt so empty I felt like I remember the psychologist asking me like you know about my lip like you know I had to score my my energy and my level of joy and interest in things and I had no interest in anything 
I had, you know, no energy. I just, I felt there was no point in anything. It just got so, you know, I was really depressed. Mm. Um, and, and I, yeah, it just, I think it was a real combination of not living in alignment with what I wanted to be truly doing really, really deficient in a lot of nutrients. Mm. Um, and, and I think, you know, now looking back, I can see my hormones would have been absolutely crying out for help. Um, you know, with that, that the fast paced lifestyle, the lack of sleep, the high intensity exercise, um, you know, all things that are just, you know, sabotage your hormone health. I can completely understand. And first of all, I am so sorry that you went through that because unfortunately it is something that a lot of young people go through when Mm -hmm. they come out of university, they think they want to get into business, they go into these careers, they start chasing um, the titles and the promotions and probably often don't realize they're working themselves into something like a burnout. And it's so fantastic in the end how you did identify that enough was enough and decide to make a change. How would you compare how you were back then to how you are now totally different human um and I was I was with my husband back then and he says the same thing he says I started dating someone completely different um you know and I ended up marrying someone entirely different um and I think yeah so I was on the pill when I was in advertising so my hormones were suppressed you know there was no hormone production um I came off the pill when I was studying, I felt it was the right thing for me to do when I was learning about what it did to my hormones. And I developed absolutely cystic acne, cystic adult acne, which was mortifying at the time because I was studying health. And I felt like my exterior wasn't express that, you know, wasn't sort of expressing what I felt on the inside. Oh. But it was also a wonderful lesson in uh you know, loving myself no matter what and, and also how to heal acne <laughs> as an adult. Got fast-tracked on that. So, um, yeah, I would say I'm so much calmer. I feel leveled and more rational because I feel my hormones are, are, are balanced and I just I feel so much more energetic and, and um, authentic as well Mm -hmm. you know I think that's actually a common thing a lot of women say when they're when they're on hormonal contraception is they don't feel they don't quite feel like themselves and I think that's really interesting I think I definitely resonate with that experience Mm -hmm. I came off the pill in 20 I want to say 2018 Mm -hmm. having been on it also for I think 10 years or something like this Mm -hmm. and it felt like a cloud lifted it really felt like like I I woke up that's how I felt. That's amazing. Yeah, because yeah. you forget that your hormones aren't just for procreation. They're not just for, for having a baby. They have so many benefits. They calm, you know, progesterone calms the brain, helps us to sleep. Mm. Estrogen gives us energy and helps us, increases our serotonin, which makes us feel happy. You know, there's a million benefits way past fertility that our hormones mm. give us as well. Absolutely. And so... You go back and study and you become a naturopath. Can you explain to me and anyone listening what specifically is a naturopath? Yeah, it's a really good question. I get asked this a lot, actually. Um, So, yeah, I'll try to put it in a nice, concise way. A naturopath is a natural health practitioner who views the body as a whole. So 
really it's I think it's a nice way to explain it is it's a combination of nature and science so you know we really have this sort of in-depth understanding of the physiology of the body and the mechanisms of um, you know and the pathophysiology of the body but we don't view anything in working in isolation so we we kind of we view that if there's something going on with for example the liver that there's also probably something going on with the guts and maybe you know another system as well so it's all sort of understanding the body as a holistic system um, and using nature so whether that's nutritional supplementation uh, nutrition and diet changes whether it's herbal medicine um, whether it's lifestyle changes to help to bring the body back into balance and really okay. a naturopath works with the idea that the body knows how to come back into balance it kind of just needs a nudge to get there sometimes um, which you know it's it's a really it's a really cool way of looking at health that's very very holistic yeah, that's so nice. Sometimes you do feel like you get um, treatment of one symptom mm. in a lot of forms of, of medicine and you do wonder actually, hang on, why do I have this symptom? Where is it stemming from? And it sounds yeah. like naturopathy is the type of place where you could investigate really the root cause. Exactly that. that. Yeah, nice. very root cause work. And sometimes, you know, somebody will come to me and with maybe something like acne, for example, and I'll work on their liver and gut and they'll go, what? why? <laughs> you know, like it, it can feel so random when we're, you know, come from a medical world where you want a topical cream for your topical skin problem. Um, but we've been really trained mm. to, you know, we're disconnected from where things are actually coming from, I think. Yeah. So interesting, such an interesting way to look at it. Um, I love the analogy of just giving your body a nudge to get back into balance. Mm. I'd be curious, what does a body in balance look like? Really good question. I think it's about thriving. I think it's about really, you know, fe like feeling your absolute best. So I think a body in balance is somebody who is emotionally regulated, who wakes up with energy, who can sustain energy throughout the day and go to bed like nicely tired. Um, I think it's a body in balance is, you know, well, there's so many ways of looking at it. I mean, you can look at it from the perspective of, you know, clear skin and energy and things like that. But I think it's that you feel vibrant and, and mm -hmm. energized. So it's not just sort of coping. You're really thriving. And yeah. and I think that's that's a really nice way to sort of, we all deserve to feel that. And I think we forget that sometimes as well. Yeah, that we shouldn't just survive, we should thrive. Exactly. And the amount of women I come across that are just scraping through the day mm. um, and don't they've kind of forgotten they deserve to feel amazing as well. That's such a nice message. Mm -hmm. Speaking of women's health, how exactly can a naturopath like yourself help someone that has question marks around this topic, trying to conceive fertility, yeah, and naturopath can help like so incredibly much with women's health and fertility. And that's what I personally specialize in. So, you know, really, if, if we look at, if we look at women's health, first and foremost, naturopathy is wonderful for, for supporting burnout, uh, energy, uh, bringing, you know, when I say bringing hormones into balance, what I really mean by that is optimizing your hormones um, so that you have energy, you can concentrate, you know, women's health, other aspects that we can help with are things like thrush or, you know, infections, 
acne, excess body hair growth, polycystic ovarian syndrome, endometriosis. Um, you know, really, it can kind of help with everything and anything. Um, and in the world of fertility, it's really wonderful because it can help in the lead up to fertility. So I can support somebody who's thinking in two years time, I'd like to conceive and I can optimize mm-hmm. their egg health and, you know, optimize their, their hormone health. Or I could work with somebody who's been trying for a couple of years, has had a few failed IVF attempts and wants to, to, you know, have a look at things a little bit differently. So it can kind of help in the entire spectrum of the journey, wherever anybody is, which is really, really incredible. And, you know, there's an a number of different ways that that can be supported as well yeah so where would we yeah where would we start what would you Mm, good question I think you know really where I start probably start with some testing Um, and I'm really really passionate about testing I I work as a director of nutrition for Future Woman which is a UK um, hormone testing company Um, And I've just seen the benefits through and through of testing. So what I love about testing hormones is that it can, you know, it can give you the the answer straight to the point. So there's no guessing. It just takes out the guessing and it gets straight to what is going on with your hormones on on a much deeper level than a blood test ever could as well. Um, so that's where I really often like to start because it just takes out the guesswork. Just, you know, you've already been trying for a period of time. You don't want to wait and you don't want to trial and error things too much. You kind of want to get straight to the point. Um, yeah. But really, I, I look at, at at both partners in this case very equally because sperm health is 50% of the picture. You know, it really, it really is, especially if people are getting early miscarriages. It's often from um, sperm DNA fragmentation. Um, mm-hmm. So I would, I would probably do, you know, a, a lot of work around building optimal nutrients for egg and sperm health to make sure there's, you know, not something missing. Because when you, when you look at, for example, sperm health, every single part of the sperm needs different nutrients. So, you know, the head of the sperm needs calcium, the entire sperm needs protein, you know, certain parts of it need zinc. Like It's so specific that, you know, if you were low on one nutrient, it could really be quite detrimental to that, to that sperm. Um, and so oh. I, and, and same with the egg, you know, the, the egg need, has different nutrients required for different parts and different parts of the conception journey as well. I mean, one of my favorite examples is that, when a sperm chooses the egg, or actually really when the egg chooses a sperm, because the egg is actually the almighty powerful one there, she calls the sperm. Once mm-hmm. she has chosen her sperm, she releases a huge amount of zinc in order to say to the rest of the sperm, that's it, I've chosen, you cannot come near me, because if they come near her, they'll damage her. Um, and so in that example a woman needs so much zinc to help Mm. that beautiful conception process so really a lot of a lot of my sort of work with clients initially is making sure they have all the right nutrients for a healthy conception healthy egg healthy sperm um you know going through a lot of their lifestyle things to you know really optimize you know reduce endocrine disruptors in the environment and I mean, and then lots of testing if if need be as well. So gosh, it's a really big question, but there's yeah. a lot we can do. <laughs> no, it was a big question. And I think you answered it so perfectly. I now have quite a visual in my mind of a sperm with like <laughs> calcium head. 
<laughs> I know, Which but it's alarm. really interesting. I yeah. never thought about and never knew. I know everybody talks about how important sperm health is, but you don't ever think about it as being um, the, of every part of it requiring actually different nutrients. And it's such a nice explainer as to why it's so important to understand our nutrition and are we getting the right nutrients for both egg and sperm health so definitely something that yeah I would love to investigate more for sure Mm. yeah a lot of the a lot of the um I don't want to use the word blame but emphasis is so often and women put we we do it to ourselves too you know, with fertility, it feels very much like our, our burden to carry, but mm. it's, it's really, really not. It's 50% sperm and the sperm health has declined so much in the last sort of 50 years. Well, the sperm count has, and, and the health has too, um, that you cannot, over, it's, it's both. It has to be both. You cannot, you're not looking at fertility if you're just looking at one. Yeah, for sure. And does the investigation into sperm health differ from, for example, a, a semen analysis that my husband might do through the GP? Mm, yeah, sometimes depending on what country you live in, um, they don't do enough uh, investigation. So often they won't do things like DNA fragmentation that sometimes isn't included. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the interesting thing to to realize about sperm health parameters as well is that over time they have actually they've actually changed. So say fifty years ago, and I can't remember the actual parameters, but say let's just pretend it was five thousand. That's what you wanted your your sperm count to be. Now it's dropped drastically and the param- the parameters have dropped so much that they'll say it's normal if it's at like say 50. So the actual parameters have dropped is what they call for like normal sperm health, but that doesn't actually mean it's very optimal. They'll call it normal, but if you look back 50 years ago, it was so much higher. And so you have to kind of question okay, it's normal, but is it optimal? Is it is it actually enough? Um, and I mm. think that needs to be taken into consideration as well. They've just dropped the parameters over time as, as or sperm health has decreased. They've dropped the parameters. I see they've kind of reclassified normal over yes. time. So it's in line with that average that's kind of yeah. sloping down. Yeah, they do it with blood testing mm. often as well. You know, that's mm. where they get their data is, is, you know, from what's out there at the time. So you kind of have to, you know, rethink it a little bit and, and, and have a look at it in a new way. Yeah. Okay. But it is interesting to know that certain countries will investigate to a different extent. And that's yeah. also something that we should all consider no matter where we're listening is really ask those questions and work out, are you going to be testing was it DNA fragmentation that you said? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. It's, um, you know, I think you really have to advocate for yourself. Um, and it's hard because in order to advocate yourself, you need to be informed about these things. And we just don't know where to find this information. Um, yeah. And that's why, you know, I love to work with couples with IVF and things like that, because I can be that person for them to say, hey, have you considered this? Or have you asked the clinic if they can do this or that? Because if you don't know, you don't know. Exactly. You don't know what to ask. And I think that's something that I've learned on this journey. And that's kind of, again, if people could walk away from this episode with a few key questions that they could ask that they didn't know before, then we've done a good job. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So 
how are we treating the hormones and how are we balancing them out? Yeah, that's a really good question. And that's super, super individual. So, you know, it kind of depends on the person's timeline. You know, if they're so, you know, really my golden rule is three months to work with somebody around hormones, around fertility, uh, because it takes three months for that follicle to develop, um, to become that dominant follicle for, for ovulation. So, you know, whatever's kind of happening in your cycle now or your period now could be a reflection of that three months prior. You know, if, for example, if someone was very low in progesterone or their progesterone just didn't sustain over the second half of their cycle, so therefore they might not be able to maintain a pregnancy or they might suffer from, you know, early miscarriage, then there are certain supplements and herbs that will really help to boost that progesterone. So, for example, one is um, called Vitex Agnus Castus or known as Chase Tree, which helps to... Uh, really boost progesterone and regulate ovulation. Uh, it does that through the balancing LH and FSH in the pituitary and in, in the brain. So it's really clever, but it has to be right for the person because if if that's not right for the person, it could send them into a bit of a, a sort of an imbalance, for lack of better words. So you know, it's really individual, but there's so many things we can use to to tailor and to tinker with with things to really optimize the not only the hormone levels but the the hormones in relation to each other as well because we we can't look at progesterone by itself we have to look at progesterone in relation to estrogen and mm. estrogen in relation to testosterone or your androgens you know you cannot cannot view anything in isolation okay it's so detailed and complex it is it really is and and yet it also is so simple when you look at the principles of hormone health you know it can it can be really simple too something so one simple thing can be throwing everything off balance easily it can be something as simple as those coffees in the day or it can be I mean it's typically stress um, mm. and that's what we see when you know I use the the future women testing a, a huge amount and what I predominantly see is that stress is the underlying issue that is something that I really wanted to tap into actually mm. something that you've had a lot of personal experience with as well um, mm. how closely do you think stress is linked with fertility struggles and trying to conceive challenges? Oh, I think it's absolutely number one. You know, it comes back to that basic survival instinct that we all have, which is if we're in a state of stress and our body perceives stress, then why would we? our body feel safe to procreate, to, to conceive? And, you know, really, as your cortisol and your stress hormones increase, your sex hormones decrease. Uh, as a typical general rule. Um, and I think people forget that stress can be real or perceived and internal or external. So stress can be an infection in the body. Stress can be uh, a nutrient deficiency. Stress can also be your job or your family or your partner or your financial situation. You know, stress can be so many things. It can be environmental toxins, noise pollution, we have we actually have a lot of stress in our mm. lives um, and sometimes we don't even realize that and we're very good at adapting to stress so we we don't even realize we're stressed um, and I think I think stress is probably a, one of the biggest things that impacts fertility and that's probably if I 
you know, I'm honest, that's often where I start with clients as well is, is supporting their stress and their nervous systems, especially if they've been trying to conceive for a few years because it's so stressful. It is indeed. I think trying to conceive in itself can be stressful, especially yeah. if you're going through it for an extended period of time and that feels different for everyone. And I would love to normalize the idea that it doesn't have to be two years or three years. You know, for some people after four or five months, it starts feeling stressful. You start having doubts, you start asking questions. And I think no matter how long you've been in this trying to conceive journey, if it's not working the way you thought it would, then you might start feeling stressed. And if you then layer that stress on top of all the other stresses in our life, um, yeah, we do need better tools and better coping mechanisms to be able to handle that stress. Totally. And that's where, you know, I, I really love herbal medicine for, for mitigating stress because it basically helps the body to adapt to the stress. You know, sometimes we just cannot get rid of the stress in our lives. It's just not realistic. Mm. And so we can help the body to adapt to that stress and, and sort of give it the signals, no, I am safe. I am relaxed. Um, and that can be in and of itself really game changing for fertility clients. Mm. Yeah, something else that I know that you can help a lot of couples with is an unexplained fertility diagnosis. So this means, of course, that the reason for subfertility or yeah, infertility has not yet been found. How is it that um, you can help in that type of scenario? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting one. And I think uh, people can get diagnosed with unexplained fertility very quickly. Um, you know, it might be that they went to the GP, they haven't been able to conceive for a year, maybe IVF didn't work a couple of times or IUI didn't work. And then they sort of, they get this diagnosis without a huge amount of further testing. Um, and of course they do have some further testing, but um, it, it to me where I can really step in and where naturopathy can really step in is we can offer a lot of uh, further investigation. You know, there's a lot of, um, one of the biggest causes I'm seeing uh, for unexplained fertility is an underlying infection. So, you know, testing the, the vaginal microbiome, for example, for, you know, there's, there's um, uh, something like toxoplasmosis or urea plasma or candida, um, you know, something that's sort of underlying. Uh, same with the sperm. You can, you can test the sperm microbiome as well, the seminal microbiome. Um, and, and, you know, having a look from, from this other perspective of what's going on in the microbiome, you know, we have to have a healthy vaginal microbiome and uterine microbiome to, to conceive. Um, otherwise it's going to have an imbalanced pH and, and not accept, um, the, the embryo also looking at things like the thyroid in a lot of detail, typically a GP or doctor will only test your TSH not adequate you need so much more investigation with with the thyroid looking at underlying infections so often people with unexplained fertility have had a root canal and that root canal might still have an underlying infection um or underlying autoimmune disease that hasn't been found you know there's so many different aspects um that we can just we can again it's looking at the body holistically to understand that unexplained fertility isn't just the egg and sperm that are not working or that are suboptimal. It's, it can be coming from somewhere else. And I think that's where naturopathy can be 
really a guiding light um, to to understanding where else they, you know, the 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 fact that somebody's not getting pregnant might be the fire alarm, but the fire is somewhere else. Mm, well, what we talked about it, it could be the symptom, right? Yeah, not not getting pregnant could be the symptom, but we're not maybe looking at the at the root cause of that symptom. Exactly that. Yeah, I think the quality over quantity conversation is so important. So we can tip quality in our favor how would we do that oh yes so many ways um you know there there's beautiful supplements that can really boost egg quality and follicle quality um you know one of my favorite ways to just to tell people in general is eat a lot of yellow and orange foods because the corpus luteum which produces our progesterone so our follow a dominant follicle once it's released the egg and ovulated it breaks down into the corpus luteum. And that in and of itself is this beautiful yellow color. So, you know, eating all these yellow and orange foods can really give that beautiful nutrients to help boost your progesterone as well. Um, but this, you know, wonderful supplements like, you know, and I, I hesitate to say these supplements because they not, might not be right for everyone, but CoQ10 and NAC or N-acetylcysteine can really boost egg quality. Um, you know, there's even things, a lot of magnesium and zinc can be wonderful. So really through diet and lifestyle and appropriate supplementation, you can completely transform egg quality. Wow. That's such a beautiful message to get out that we, we can impact this. We're not just bored with what we've got. Oh, we really can. And you can even sort of activate some dominant, uh, sorry, some dormant follicles, as well, you know, we, with this, we have a lot in our power that we can do. Amazing. Yeah. Can you quickly talk me through the follicle? Because you mentioned it can be impacted for, th- it's started to grow three months ago. Yeah. So talk me through this because I get very confused. We are born with the eggs that we have in our life. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And not the follicle. Well, they live inside the follicle. They live inside the follicle. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So your follicle starts to grow um, three months before it becomes dominant. And the follicle itself, so yeah, it takes three months to grow and it grows and it grows and it grows and the egg inside of it as well. The interesting thing is once you, you know, the follicle health is actually just as important as the egg health. Because when we focus a lot on egg health being very important because, you know, that's going to be part of the conception journey. But the follicle itself, as I said, once it becomes chosen as the dominant follicle, it bursts open and release that egg. And then that follicle begins to slowly, slowly break down into the corpus luteum, which is it becomes what we call an endocrine gland, it, it, which is kind of amazing. We make this temporary gland in our body every month. It's kind of incredible, you know, we're, we're quite amazing. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it then produces progesterone. Um, and so the follicle is really just as important. Um, and and the follicle itself is also the thing that as it grows, it actually makes our estrogen as well. So if you have poor follicle health, you might have poor estrogen levels. And that's that's also something that's really interesting as well. If, if somebody tests and they have really low estrogen or they have really low progesterone, you start to wonder what was going on with that follicle? Was that just, you know, does it does it have everything it needs? Because, you know, they're not getting enough estrogen. And if you don't have enough estrogen, you don't ovulate. And, 
you know it's 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 all really very interlinked and you have to kind of think about each stage to make sure that person has has everything they need for that for that process okay so it's also a balancing act of making sure the egg but also the follicle are getting everything they need absolutely yeah and and you know you can support the egg and the follicle through a lot of things you do in your daily life you know again stress management reducing uh, exposure to environmental toxins that you know as as you know I love my candles and things like that but they really disrupt our hormones and and our and our hormone health so um you know opting for really natural sort of more essential oil based candles and things like that can make a world of difference you know there's so much we can do day to day as well gosh i am a huge so okay since we're from you know the southern hemisphere I had to kind of swap my creature comforts from you know dipping in the ocean to <laughs> okay I'm gonna lie on the couch and put the candles on is this the reason <laughs> yeah they can be really really disrupting to our chemicals you know, anything with fragrance um, and I think we've become very used to fragrance in the modern world but if it has fragrance and you're trying to get pregnant I say if if it's got fragrance, it's got to go. You know, your body wash, shampoo, so, you know, like you opt for um, cleaning with essential oils and vinegar or um, alcohol based because all those things can they they can basically mimic your hormones uh, that you know as what we call endocrine disruptors and they can mimic your hormones and and jump onto the receptors of your hormones and block them or increase increase their activity. So. They can be a huge problem, huge problem. Okay. Yeah. Throwing the candles in the bin. I know. I, keep, I just keep mine there for looks now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I will. I will do the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, Francesca, I enjoyed this conversation so much. The way you explain things, I can hear how passionate you are about this, and um, how articulate you are as well. So, thank you so much. I guess if there were any parting words for anyone that's listening that's going through this trying to conceive journey what would they be I think it would be have hope and and optimism that there you know there is more that we can do and there's always another avenue we can look down um you know I I think it's an incredibly emotional tough journey and it can feel like when you go sometimes through the mainstream medical sort of model I guess it can feel really isolating and like there are no other options but just to know that there are there are other avenues there are other things we can do um and and you know to to have to have some hope I think as well Mm, that's so beautiful thank you Yeah. yeah thank you so much Francesca I really enjoyed this yeah thank you so much it was so wonderful to chat to you and yeah it's it's just always such a joy to to share this message and and you know this this information because I think we should all be learning it at school oh don't get me started on what we did about it school <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.